everybody, this is Justin Michael Williams with Motivation for Black People, giving you trusted guidance to make your life better. And you see the title, we talking about being mixed today on this episode. I cannot believe this wasn't a topic that we haven't had before. Because I, I could probably guess, I mean, we got thousands and thousands of listeners. And I could probably guess that at least half of the people on here are mixed with some. If y'all all did Ancestry DNA, I guarantee people are more mixed than they know they are. But we're talking today on this podcast about the issues of colorism and how being mixed and being of mixed race heritage create a unique set of challenges for us. And whether you're mixed or not mixed, I want you to listen carefully to this because if you're not mixed, I think you're going to get some good insight into what us mixed people deal with being black and how that affects our struggle a little differently and how you might even interact with your mixed friends and family members a little bit differently. And if you are mixed, get ready to be in a conversation that we don't really often and get the time or space to really talk about deeply. And I have no one better than, there is no one in the world better than my special guest that I have today, Charmaine, a.k.a. Mixed Girl Maine. Say what's up? What's up? Yes. Yeah, so Charmaine owns a podcast production company called Maine Hustle Media. And what they do is they create creative content by people of color. And Charmaine is a corporate America dropout. <laughs> Amen, sister. Yes, I, I feel you. I am too. <laughs> who finally gave into the pool of her passion for producing content for our people. She's the host of... Now, if y'all think I'm impressive on podcasts, you need to listen to this because Charmaine's like podcast extraordinaire. She has her own podcast called Militantly Mixed, which is about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. And she's also the co-host of three additional podcasts. I don't know where you find the time, girl. (laughs) But she has three additional podcasts. One is called Black Radical Queer. Another one called Blur Comics. Blurred. Blurred Comics. There we go. I I knew I was going to say that. Blurreds. Blurreds. Yeah. I got it. Black Black nerds. nerds. Yeah. Yeah, Black and blurred. And then bifurious. And so we got a lot of different stuff to talk about Mm -hmm. today with Charmaine. But we're going to dive in pretty deep into a conversation that I think doesn't get enough attention. And when I was thinking about this, Charmaine, when we first saw each other at that Podcasters of Color event, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, oh, my God, like, I am mixed. You know, my mom is Persian and Middle Eastern and my dad is black. And you're Japanese and black, right? I'm also mixed with a colonizer. You're also mixed with a colonizer. Yeah. Ooh, girl, she says it with a whisper, too. <laughs> so, you know, but I identify as black. Right. You know, and I think most of us who are mixed identify as black. And we don't often have conversations about the different things mm-hmm. that come up for us mm-hmm. as mixed people. One of the things that I just happened recently. I was at this party called the Everyday People Party that happens in LA, right? Mm-hmm. Like like every every black person in the city sometimes is there. And, you know, there's all these songs and these moments that everybody's having of like old school moments. But I grew up, my parents were divorced and I grew up with my mom. I went to my dad's every other weekend and whatever. But on my mom's side of the family, everyone was Catholic. And on my mm-hmm. dad's side of the family, everyone's Christian and Baptist. So, But I went to church with my mom's side of the family. So a thing that I'm like missing from my identity completely that is like pretty interwoven into the traditional black American culture is like knowing all these old gospel songs right. and stuff like this, right? And like singing in church. Like I didn't I didn't learn how to do all these riffs and runs. <laughs> we didn't do that in my church. We had some boring ass Catholic songs. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Talking about Amen, Amen, Amen. 
that oh, was no. the that was the that was the best so run no we had. No happy day or no no Lord no <laughs> happy day. And so, but it's just funny because when I'm at things, th- those are the moments when I feel like I don't got my black card, You're, like I'm yeah. left out, you know. But but then I don't say anything. I just sit there and pretend like I know, like moving, you know, you know, <laughs> code <laughs> so, switch. It, I get code it. switch, you know, completely. So anyway, I just <clears throat> want to dive in with you. Here, because with your podcast, Militantly Mixed, you've created really an amazing platform for bringing to light the effect of colorism and race identity as it has on people of mixed race heritage. Mm -hmm. So before we get into this, this word colorism, Mm. some people listening will not have heard that word before. Can you help define that for us? So colorism, I mean, I think the the, the definition is starting to change, but for the longest time, colorism was the treatment of skin, different skin tones within the black community primarily, but it okay. happens in Latin America as well, stuff like that. Whatever culture, whatever ethnic group you come from, the darker people are mistreated. Yeah. The lighter people are revered. Yep. And um, and this is a pretty toxic form of internal, you know, I'm not going to say racism because that's not a proper term, but internal prejudice is yeah. that we've decided that a darker skinned person, you know, collectively decided darker skinned people aren't as beautiful or as as, uh, as worthy, worthy yep. as yep. as lighter skinned folks, and uh, so and mixed people are kind. Mixed people are ver- a part of that because we're you know we, we didn't choose it, but we're accidentally lighter because you know some of us come out accidentally lighter because of whatever we're mixed with, um, but we aren't necessarily and we're 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 treated like we're somehow the beautiful things oh Mm. you're gonna have a mixed baby that baby's gonna be beautiful Mm -hmm. what you're telling me is that because you're lightening up my brown right that child's gonna be beautiful and that's a really heavy thing for mixed folks to to own yeah but it's something that we do within our own communities latin american folks do it black folks do it asian folks do it you know all over the board it happens um what i think the definition is starting to shift for is because now white people are inserting themselves in colorism trying to separate it from racism Mm, explain that it's a weird kind of thing of where it's um you know it's i'm not racist because you know that kind of stuff happens right right? but they'll say you know because i i can see how beautiful your dark is so Mm -hmm. now it's like a reversal of the colorism where we're doing it to our darker skinned people within our own communities yeah but they're doing it by saying oh no the dark-skinned people are pretty see how not racist i am right and it's it it seems to come into the conversation of colorism a little bit and so i think the definition is shifting a little bit but primarily it has to do with us mistreating our darker skin yeah and how colorism then how we how color skin color Mm -hmm. affects our what we believe about people, Mm -hmm. you know, to be true. And this conversation, I I think what you're talking about, about how we do it to ourselves, and I do hear this, like, with a lot of my friends, like, oh, y'all going to have a mixed baby. Oh, Mm -hmm. she's going to be so cute. Oh, she's going to be Filipino and black. Oh, my God. You know, like. Best of both worlds. uh, Yeah. All those kinds of things. All that kind of stuff. And and what does that say to our brothers and sisters who are not Mm -hmm. mixed? You know, what message are we putting out that way? And what a burden that we're putting on our mixed brothers and sisters mm-hmm. too, you know, to either feel ashamed of it or feel too proud or better than or you anything like that. You get a form like of survivor's remorse or survivor's guilt in it, I think, of where it's like you got out mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't know. We don't have another term to really equate it to this. So I call it survivor's remorse or something because it's similar to that, where you feel guilty because somebody lightened your brown. Yeah. And there's, you know, the people that you love that are darker skin are being mistreated and you're sitting right next to them and you're like, fuck, 
I'm sorry that that happened, yeah. you know, because I didn't want that to happen. Yeah. And in fact, in my case, I, I mean, I grew up in the hood. I'm a hood kid. I present yellow. I present more ambiguous and, and things like that. But, um, but black folks usually know that I'm black. Yeah. And, uh, you, you seem like a person who black folks would know that you're black. But, a mile away. But instantly. Mm-hmm. I knew you were black the moment I saw you. Mm-hmm. But other people may be like, what are you? Yeah. And they won't know that you're All black. the time. See, yeah. I'm the opposite. Black people always know that I'm mixed. Right. But other people don't. Yeah. They're and then they're like, black. something about you. Like, are you? You know, they always ask, like, <laughs> are you Ethiopian? You. Oh, my God. That's what I always get, you know. Oh, I hate it. You get it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it, Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, um, yeah, I'm very pale. I, I do present, uh, depending, I always make the joke, depending on where I'm at in the on in the country in, yeah. in the United States, I'm either Dominican and Puerto Rican if I'm on the East Coast <laughs> or Mexican and Filipino on the West Coast, right? Um, yeah. And because, in, like, when I was in, you know, I grew up in Long Beach, so when I was in the 90s, so I grew up in the time of the crunchy curly hair and the stacked bangs. Mexican was more obvious thing mm-hmm. to c- consider. Like, she's kind of yellow but kind of brown. She's, she got curly hair. She's Mexican. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that tends to be the thing. So with me being so ambiguous – I'm always having to put my black card out there publicly, yeah. not to black people. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Because it's nice to just be seen. Just be seen, and instantly. it doesn't happen often. Um, and that's something. Another thing that we talk about too is how mixed people. You're not enough of anything. So when when do you get to just be? Just like to you be. share the experience of you know you look black, and most people are going to just say, okay, you're black, that's fine. And then you go to an event where. Yeah. Like, look, I don't know how to play spades. Never learned that. Okay. You know, don't know. Like, I don't know all the gospel. You know, there's all these right. moments where then. So I, when I was growing up, I, I relate to this so deeply, Charmaine and our mixed girl, Maine. We're just going to call you mixed girl, Maine. You so me <laughs> I, I relate to this so deeply because like when I was younger, my friend group was so mixed because I was the black kids at school mm-hmm. would always tease me about being whitewashed, mm. you know, but the house that I grew up in. Everybody was white. Yeah. You know, I mean, not really white. I mean, she was Persian, Persian you know, but, but like white-ish when passing. When you're growing up. When you're growing up you're there. You're white, you're black. You're white or you're black, you know? <laughs> and so, but like, oh, he talks white. Oh, he's mm-hmm. whitewashed. Oh, and I don't know how to do this. And I don't know how to, you know, and didn't have these cultural references. Mm-hmm. But yet, I am a black man, yeah. you know? And still also, like, when I walked down the street and when I got this stuff, I still got all the same. All the same baggage. All the same baggage that we all have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know? But then on the flip side. Okay, so now I'm too whitewashed. Well, let me go try to hang out with the white kids. Right. Right. Now, that doesn't work either. Right. You know what I mean? Because now, and I'll never forget one time I was with somebody and they had said to me, I'm not going to say who this is to not, you know, um, give away their identity, but somebody said to me, you know why, and this is obviously a white person, Mm. you know why you're so successful, Justin? And they thought they were just giving me a compliment. You know what's coming. I know what's coming. You know why you're so successful, Justin? Because you don't talk and act like all those other black folks. You know, you don't even, you know, and he said, you know, if you even on the phone, I bet you people don't even know you're black. That's why. You know, you're so successful. I said, that's why I'm successful? Not my skill set, not fuck? my intelligence, you know? not the work I put in. No. Nothing. What the fuck? And then some other lady one time came up to me. This was a lady at Whole Foods, black woman at Whole Foods. She comes up to me and she goes, ooh, you one of them proper talking um, niggas. Ooh. You know, oh, I got it. You one of them. And then she said, you one of them educated niggas. Nope. 
I said, what does the way that I'm speaking have to do with me? Be? I, I called her out right away. I was like, number one, you're working. So why are you coming at me while I'm shopping? Number two, there's just so many problems here. So I want, I want to ask you, like, how has being – I have all these stories that I'm throwing out, you know, because I've been dying to yeah, talk about this. We can talk. You're going to come on my show too. We'll end up talking you know, about some more. <laughs> and, but, but how has being of mixed race heritage shaped your perspective of, like, your experience of the world? Well, my whole thing is I, I'm i not going to say that I'm more new, unique, but I will say that my experience has so far been very different from majority of the people that come on my show is because majority of the people who come on my show are biracial, mm-hmm. and they have – the binary of what their experience is. They're not black enough to be black. They're not white enough to be white or Asian or whatever their mix is. In my case, both my parents are biracial. Mm-hmm. My dad was black and Caucasian British. That's why I said mixed with a colonizer. Um, my mom is half Japanese and her father was like a German, Irish, Appalachian, West Virginia. So you're mixed all over. Whatever. The fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't grow up with the West Virginian side. I don't know them. I mean, I'm, I've saw, seen my grandfather like a handful of times. Um, but I, I grew up with this British woman in my black house, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she would have, I don't know if you're familiar with gollywogs. No, I don't okay, know what so it's, is. it's a really British thing, and okay. um, it's a big old fucking trigger. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> British people find it very adorable to have this crocheted or knitted black face doll with the big round red lips with the white oh i've seen this it. yeah and it's like a raggedy doll yeah. but it's a it's called a gollywog okay um my grand my nana had them she also had a kitchen that was entirely like aunt jemima black face thing so it'd be like an aunt jemima cookie jar with, oh, a, with a tar black mercy. face um the candies british candies used to have this uh a gollywog uh drawing on it as a mascot and it was um Oh, a tar baby. When that thing happened with, what was it, H&M or Zara or whoever, they created mm-hmm. some shirt or some shirt that had a knitted mask over it. Yeah, was that the, what they were making with the red? It's similar something to that, like yeah. That. yeah. So okay. it would be something like that. So, like, anybody who has any kind of British influence or whatever <clears throat> might have seen these gollywogs or whatever. And they, they've they been iced out of things. But every now and then they pop up. They pop up on, like, black uh, – they pop up on, like, uh, com- British comedy and stuff like that. And instantly – you know it's like, oh, fuck, we got to deal with this shit, right? Yeah. So I lived with this Nana who married the darkest black man on the fucking planet Mm. and then had all this black shit, like this anti-black shit, this Jim Crow era Mm -mm. nastiness around my house. Mm -mm. And so I always knew, like, I always knew I was different from other people that were around me, but I couldn't figure out what my deal was. Like, what is the deal? I didn't, I understood my parents being different colors, but I didn't understand it in a term of of what race meant or anything like that. I understood it like, well, lions are brown and tigers are orange, but they're both cats. You know, like that was my kid version of trying to understand why people just come up different colors. My entire family is different colors. None of us look the same. Me and my full brother and I don't even look like we're the same race whereas i look the same as one of my cousins yeah you know things like that so i i knew i was i i started to figure out i was unusual or different or whatever but in terms of my other mixed race friends you know they weren't three things like i was or really kind of four things um they didn't have access to all these different cultures the way i did yeah they really had access you know similar to you you grow up in one house and you get doses of the other culture yep. right yeah um in my case i was constantly inundated with culture 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 i am very much a black girl. Mm-hmm. I'm a black hood girl from Long Beach. Mm-hmm. This voice that you're hearing is my code switch voice. This mm-hmm. is my I had to go to corporate America voice. This is my 
Yep. This is my. I you call, still sound black. I mean, I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, no, but like it's there, right? And and it seeps out. Like when I, you know, you get me around a bunch of hood folks and give me a few minutes, and my accent comes all the way back, and my neck starts snapping. I mean, mm. my name is Charmaine Latrice. Right. L a t r e e s e. I am black. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care what anybody yeah. says. I'm fucking black. Uh, but I also grew up in a Japanese house on my yeah. other side too. So I, when I see an old Japanese lady, I my body folds over. My whole demeanor changes. I you become switch. very different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like my my code switch is so natural that I'm not aware of it happening until after it's done. Yeah, same. And then I straighten my back out, you know, and I go down the street, and and then my husband starts laughing at me. He's like, "You just went." full Japanese all of a sudden. And I was like, did wow. I? I don't know. I don't know wow. that it happens. So being mixed to me was just a constant thing of like, oh, I can be this code switch superhero where in a single bound I am black or I'm Japanese or I'm some sort of mixed person. I'm never white. Even though technically I'm half white. You see my face. No one's ever going to confuse me as being white. Right. They're going to wonder why I'm so pale or they tell me I need to get a little bit of sun or something like that. But right. You know, I'm not going to be accused of white, and I'm never going to be treated like I'm white. Right. So I don't have a white experience. I just like tea. You just <laughs> like tea? You know, like I drink I like tea, tea the way a British person drinks tea. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. I like British humor, things like that. Cool. Um, but, yeah, so I knew I was different. I just didn't know what my difference was. But I knew that it made me feel – it kind of made me feel better than people. Like I was like, I'm more fun than you because I can go home and be Japanese or black or British if mm-hmm. I want to. This is so real. Now, you know, one thing that I'm super excited about that we rarely do on this podcast, but because you have so many amazing podcasts, we have this clip from your podcast, Militantly Mixed, that we're going to play for our listeners right now. That's from one of your episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to be blown away by what they hear. This one so, got me. That's yep, why I it. Let's you. jump into this clip. <laughs> you hear something I mean, there's a lyric i wrote down in confessions of a mixed up kid that something about your chest tightening chest tightening fear every time i have to interact with the black person. yeah and i'm like for me that was this the lyric that stood out the most i mean it's kind of off the back of the thing about you looking black but but feeling white and then also just that chest tightening feeling like those are the things both in our conversations and in your music that kind of stood out to me or grabbed me right away mm-hmm. because i i hear that lyric and i'm like i need to talk to this guy i need to find yeah. out like <laughs> Let's get let's get in it. Well, not even that. It's just like I want to understand what I what part of the mixed race experience I didn't experience because it's not like mm. mine was all positive or anything like that necessarily. Although I I I achieved being comfortable in my mixed skin fairly early on. I still deal with a couple of issues. I definitely have a from time to time I I, I get envious of darker skinned people because they don't have to explain how black they are. You know, that is a point of something that still bothers me, even though I'm totally comfortable and grounded in my identity. But this is still my baggage. I'm not dark enough for I'm not physically showing how black I am on the inside. And I think all of us kind of deal with that, depending on what race we tend to gravitate towards more for or hope that we can we can. But your experience is so different from mine because it feels like I didn't I had the exposure. I didn't have the exposure to white people, though. The only white people I knew growing up was my British grandmother. Mm. I, I barely knew my Caucasian grandfather on my mom's side of the family. He was out of the family long before that. I think I could if I really think about it, 
probably have only seen him where I was aware of who he was like five times throughout my life. I mean, he was around when I was an infant, but you know, I, I couldn't say that I knew him. I, I could pick him out in a crowd. That's about the extent of my knowledge of him. But I was never around whiteness until I was a teenager. Like, you know, right. maybe here and there in elementary school, I definitely my first racist experience was in elementary school with a white friend. But like in terms of immersion, I didn't get white people. And I always thought mm-hmm. they were kind of unusual and strange. And even though I, te- I technically am half white, I will never walk down the street and be accused of being white. I will never be right. accidentally, you know, like categorized as white. It's never going to happen. And yet it right. makes up the most of me ethnically. For me, I just I always felt that wasn't fair. That was something I really wrestled with. It's not fair mm-hmm. that people can place these outside expectations on me. They can say they can say things that unintentionally hurt my feelings, which, you know, we didn't have the word microaggression in the 90s. Right. They can say they can. They're always going to see me as black. Yes. But that's not fair. And it's not fair to my mom. Right. And it's even more unfair when my mom stuck with me mm-hmm. when my father didn't. Right. And it's even more not fair when me and my brother are the only black faces in these gatherings. Of, right. You know, Oh, check that. There's, you know, there's two other guys. So, you know, like <laughs> there's four of us, there's four of us and, and they're, and they're mixed too, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and we never talked about race. But, you know, between me and my distant cousins, my brother and I hardly talk about it. But it's not fair because those people loved me. And Mm -hmm. if I am here stinging with the rejection of a father who wouldn't because of his his incapacity to do so, Mm -hmm. then these people love me. But the world wants to erase that by putting some type of expectations of performance on me based on what they see primarily in the media. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, I, I felt like I wanted to fight to be seen as white. So that's that got me. Yeah. Like when he says, "I I'm I'm looking at this guy who's Actually, like." Actually, let's restart and okay. let me start so that people know that we're not still on your recording. Oh yeah, yeah, recording. yeah. My voice, right? Yeah, sure. I think that'll probably be better. So hold on, um, twenty-two. Let me just wait for this plane to pass. Might as well. Might as well. <clears throat> okay, so we're back. Wow, wow. Mm. You know, that pulls a lot together. I, You know, when I asked you, can you share a clip with our listeners, why was it that you chose that clip? So this this particular clip was the thing that has been sitting with me on every single episode, basically. It's in my head all the time. And in terms of, of the chronology of my recordings, this was the seventh person I'd spoken to for my show. Okay. And I had I was banking epi- I was baking interviews ahead of time, trying to figure out what is this show gonna be, right? Yeah. And he was the seventh person, but he was it was starting to click with him. And while we were talking, he says this thing, you know, I felt like I was fighting to be seen as white. And I'm looking at a light skinned present black presenting person who, yeah, you know, he's a nerd or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's a black dude. That's He yeah. looks like my cousin, whatever. And when he says that, I, that's when I realized how different the mixed-race experience is. Right. Depending on what, what we were around. Because here's one mixed-race person who looks like you. Who looks just who, like Who is me. fighting to be seen as white. And here's your experience looking just like you, fighting to be seen <laughs> as black. Right. Wow, yeah. And it, it, it really made me realize what this show was supposed to be. Yeah. What doesn't exist in the world of, for mixed 
expose an archival anything. Yeah. There's no there's no place I can go where I can just be like, what is it the like? The history for of us? mixed people. There's no history Nothing. of mixed people. No. There's you know, and and the mixed people that were out there and famous were not famous because they were mixed or their mixedness was not a part of their narrative. Right. You know, we talk about Obama as the first black president when really we actually do have another white oh, another black mixed president, Harding. Warren G. Harding. He was actually black. People didn't know because he was light skinned. I didn't know that. Yeah, look it up. He's a, he's black. He he got black family. He looks just the fuck like. And wow. once you see it, you can't unsee it. Wow. You know because you know how we can see our faces yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. That. So, but it's not part of his narrative. Yeah. Because that's not what you did back when Harding was president, right? Right. And so, um, and had I known growing up, we could have been president way right. back when. Would right. that have changed? what it was like for me, right. you know, whatever, this as is a so mixed deep. person. Uh, Halle Berry, the first black woman to get the Best Actress uh, Oscar. No, she's a half black woman. Right. You know, th- if, if if we talk about their experience as being just the black whatever, yeah. we erase the other parts that inform them. Halle Berry was raised by a white woman. Yeah. She presents black absolutely, yeah. and black is definitely a part of her experience. Yeah. But she was raised by a white woman. Yeah. And she wasn't around her black father. I was around my black father, and my black father hated black people. Uh. And he moved us around black people, and we were always around black people. Why do you hate these people who were always around? It didn't make sense to me. Wow. Um, and then I turn out black as fuck, like, in terms of my, my cultural connection and all this other kind of yeah. stuff. So I, I hear John, uh, that's his name, John Corbin. He's a, a, he's a teacher in Canada. He's a rapper who has discovered rap as he's trying to figure out his identity. He's trying to connect to his blackness because up until adulthood, he has very little access. And so he's using hip-hop as a way to kind of get into his identity. And he says this, and I'm just like, oh. This this is so different. This thing we don't have is how do we be mixed in the world? And if we don't get to have these conversations, like you say, I don't even realize if I've ever had a conversation about being mixed before. You and I met, what was it, two years ago? At a happenstance, right? We're at at this thing through people that we know. We're sitting, we're talking, we're like, oh, you're mixed? Hey, I'm mixed too. Blah, 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 blah. We move on. Move on. We're probably talking about whatever we're eating or whatever. I don't even remember. I do remember only that I met a mixed guy yeah. at this lunch. Yeah. That's what I remember. And then when I saw you at the event the other, you know, however long ago it was, and I was like, hey, that's that mixed guy. Didn't remember anything else, but yeah. I remember that you're a mixed. And that's a strange thing, right? We, uh, why couldn't I remember anything else about you? Yeah. It's because it was so exciting to meet a mixed person in the wild. <laughs> yeah. That that's what I attached. Yeah. And to that's, you. and that's, and that's one of the things that we remembered, but it's almost like when we, when, when, we meet each other when people talk about being mixed it's more like <clears throat> fetishize is not the right word May, maybe it is in some states spaces but it's kind of like "Ooh, you're exotic yes. and then like on to the next right you know there's no deep level of conversation yeah. about it like we're having now and this is perfect because this really gets me um into understanding from your perspective um like a little bit about the main struggles that people who are mixed race face that other people take for granted. Mm-hmm. And I really want to hear your voice on this because there's so many, as we're talking, there's so many things that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of, you know, going to school with my mom, mm-hmm. who is a complete, she's so much lighter, you know, like mm-hmm. white passing. People being like, is that your mom? Mm-hmm. Is that your babysitter? Mm-hmm. You know, little things like this that <clears throat> that are struggles that we deal with as mixed people that 
other people don't even recognize, right. you know, as a struggle. So I want to hear from your perspective what you think the three main struggles are. So for me, I I basically have always talked about this, and then doing the show, I realized everybody <clears throat> had this also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and those are you never being enough of. Yeah. Fill in the blank, right? I'm a black kid. I'm a yellow presenting black kid in the hood. Yeah. I am not black enough. And at times, my blackness will be called into question. Mm-hmm. And that hurts because I'm just as black as this person who grew up in the hood with me, but I look the way that I look. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah. Um, Japanese. Japanese is not a culture that is very accept- accepting. Sorry. Not very... Abs- accepting. <laughs> not very accepting of being... Uh, mixed yeah. or anything, you know, they come from a very homogenous place. Yeah. Like they're, everybody looks like them. So no, you're not mixed. Or in my case, you know, I, I say it on my show too, like my one sentence that I learned making when I was younger to make sure people knew I was Japanese. I asked my grandma, how do I tell people I'm, I'm part Japanese? Watashi wa yonboni I am a quarter Japanese. Important to me. And my grandma's like, why do you want people to know you're a quarter Japanese? You know, you're not Japanese, right? Because she's a full Japanese woman, and she doesn't view mixed as a thing. So Mm. she views her own children as white Mm. because she had half white kids. She doesn't. I don't know what she views me as really. Because when I so she doesn't even view you as Japanese because because you're not full Japanese. Mm. But she also doesn't view herself as Japanese anymore because she left Japan and became American. Okay. So for a culture like. Any any place that's really homogenous, they're more nationalistic than we are. So yeah. Japanese is her nation, not yeah. her people necessarily. Right. Um, and so, yeah, being enough of. I'm never Japanese. I'm never black. Uh, en- enough. I'm a little bit. I'm more black than anything. Black people give it to me. Japanese don't give it to me. Right. White people for sure aren't going to give it to me. Definitely. <laughs> um, and then the, the next thing would be the constant curiosity. And this is actually the these two, these this two and three are probably very similarly linked is yeah. where are you from? Yeah. Know where are you really from? Yeah. Because it always is know where are you really from? Because the question really they're from? asking is why are you brown? Right. Where is your brown from? Right. And when they say where are you from? I'm like, California, Long Beach, right? You know, whatever. No, well, where it is. are you really? Where are you yeah, originally where you, from? Yeah, where are you originally from? I'm originally from, from. Well, technically, I was born in Sacramento, but I grew up in Long <laughs> Beach. You know, like I'll I'll do it. I'll go all the way down because I know what they're asking. Yeah. And then it's oh, you're so exotic looking, and so that's why these two are linked. There is the fetishizing or exoticizing yeah. of us, and then there is the I need to know where your brown is from. So where are you from or what are you? That's the other thing. A very dehumanizing question. What What are are you? you? So what are you and where are you from? Same thing. You're a very dehumanizing way of pointing out, you are different from me. Explain. (laughs) And then you go on into the exoticizing, which is, oh, you're so exotic looking. Um, And then the question always follows with like, and actually, I use a clip on my on my promo for the show. I use a clip from the uh, the American Office where the Michael character says to Rashida Jones, "Oh, you're very exotic looking. Was your dad a GI?" All the time. Oh my God! You must have a nice white boy. <laughs> must have gone to a brown place, plucked a wife out of there, and brought her here for you to look the way that you look. Wow. And and I think that has to play because I do seem vaguely Asian, maybe or Latin, depending on what someone decides. And so, yeah, it's the exoticizing. You're 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 more beautiful because you are a hybrid of some sort, um, or you're fetishized. The question I get asked when someone finds out I'm Japanese: Are you a proper Japanese wife? What the fuck what does that the mean? Hell? 
am I subservient to my like, partner? Am I yeah. this? Am I that? So, you know. They're like, do you see? You're like, do you see me, bitch? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I was like, um, do I have to say my name again? Uh, right. So, so yeah. So, yeah. Like, uh, there's times in which the exoticizing becomes either sexualized, the fe- going into fetish, or going into. Um, the whole colorism piece. The colorism piece. Yeah. And and then you you know you're just like oh well I hear you're the best of both worlds well what are you telling me yeah. are you telling me that like thanks to whiteness I've improved on blackness I can still go outside and not get a suntan instantly I can still burn or you know I can, you know I can burn but you know these things yeah. what is these best of both worlds um, because I can be plucking from anything right. Uh, my cousins, my Japanese cousins asked me if I could run fast when they finally found out we were black because for years they didn't know what we were because wow. we had kept it a secret. We were told to keep it a secret. So I'm like, all right, would that be the best of both worlds that I got fast muscles, twitch fibers from oh my, my black gosh. side? Like what is this best of both worlds that people talk about when they exoticize us? It's, um, you know, it's so fascinating to hear you talk about this in, in such a well thought out way because they're all things that I think I have felt and I'm sure – any other mixed person listening has felt, mm-hmm. but maybe hasn't had the time or uh, opportunity to really dive into these mm-hmm. in, a, in a really deep way like this. Because I think even mixed families don't talk with themselves. No. Like my brother and I can't talk about race. Um, my brother very much identifies more on the white side than, than I did. And um, I won't say his name on the show because, you know, I don't ask his permission, but I'll tell you off the air what his name is. Yeah. Um, he has a very white name. Mm. And, and more than that, his middle name is my British family's last name. Wow. And so, like, he has a colonial name. Colonial white name. Right. And yeah. then I and have you are, a ghetto name yeah. or what is perceived as a ghetto name. Right. And and even my fault. I also put it out there, like, just in case you didn't know I was black. <laughs> right. I got this name, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's really interesting, you know, this kind of proving yourself piece, which kind of goes back to your clip. And I'm wondering now, you know, with all this information that we have and all this kind of that we've unearthed around some of the challenges that we face and some of the challenges that are even presented by the fetishizing and exoticizing, if that's a word. Of, oh, I totally you know, made that up. I'm claiming that word. I love that exoticizing. Word <laughs> yeah. Mi- you know, mixed race people. Like, What do we do? Now, you know, like what do what do first, I think a question I have two questions that I want to ask you, like what do we as as mixed race people do to help fight this colorism piece? Mm -hmm. And then what do people who are not mixed race, but who are also black and or white listening do to make sure that we're really honoring, you know, the full spectrum of what's happening here? Right. Um, I I love these questions. Um, On the mixed side, I think the important thing is to tribe up. We don't have a tribe, right? Uh, if you're black, you can go around with the black people. Be like, "Hey, black person, I'm black too." Great. If you're white, you can do it. With mixed folks, we're so different that you know. I mean, what are the odds that I'm going to find someone I'm not related to that's black, Japanese, and white? Right. You know, it's it's going to be tough. So what I need to do is tribe up with other mixed race, mixed race people because what I've discovered over the course of my show is that I have way more in common with all of them, no matter what their mix is than I do even with people from my own ethnic groups really? to a degree. Because we experience the same thing, right? right? It's what are you, where are you from? Oh, you know, you don't talk like a regular mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. is something that one of my guests Constantly. was told, right? Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. So you talk to these people who, you know, they could be mixed with anything. I, I, I spoke to one woman who is Iranian and white who's married to a Nigerian man. 
and all three of her daughters came out different colors. They're yeah. all brown, but they're all different kinds yeah, of brown. Yeah, my sisters and I and my brothers were all like every shade every of the shade, rainbow. Right? One of my brothers is your color. My other sister's darker than me. My other sister's like as light as my mom. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. You just come out any old kind of way. And yeah. this is this genetic roll of the dice. Like, yeah. you're the one who just happens to look black or whatever, right? Yeah. So you, for mixed race people, if we tribe up, we'll heal a lot because we'll get a chance to have these conversations that we've never we've never had. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that happened with my show is I thought, we, like I said to you a little bit earlier, I thought I was just going to talk about what white people say to us. Uh, like, just let's just, you know, try to, in a therapeutic kind of way, just be like, white people say this. Yeah. And through the course of it, it became very therapeutic where there was times when either my guests or myself would be crying. I don't cry in front of people. I cry after. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't cry. Uh, but, you know, like you'd be crying. Like, just be like, oh, my gosh, I've never talked about this with someone else before. And, you know, I don't talk about it with my brother because he doesn't want to talk about it because he wants to be white. And yeah. He doesn't want to be reminded. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side of it, non-mixed people. Uh, I don't like to use the word ally anymore. I hate that word. But if you're trying to do the work. Yeah. The humanity work. If you're trying to do the humanity work is be- become aware of your biases and work on them. Call yourself out when you get when you got them and work on them. Um I think even on, I'm sorry to interrupt you, I I think even on the most basic level, some of this stuff that we're, that we see and we do, like, um, oh, like even just these things of saying, oh, you're having mixed babies, oh, they're going to be so whatever, Mm -hmm. like just stopping that or just calling other people out when they're doing that is a big step. And when people go, well, why? Well, I just was... Like, and then now listening to this episode, people can understand how right. to explain. So I, I don't remember what episode it was that, that um, I was listening to, but you had told you told a story about, um, I assume, a white woman had said to you something like, oh, you're in L.A. You should meet my daughter. She loves chocolate men. She loves chocolate she men. Loves chocolate yep, men, I remember right? that lady told me that. And this shit happens to us all the fucking time. It's like... Um, Oh, you're Japanese. Do you know so and so? Like what? <laughs> fucking, you know, like. <laughs> so this stuff happens to us all the time, right? But as and and it's racist and weird, but you don't really know what it is about it. Like, what yeah. is the thing? It's not intentionally anti no. your color. They're even sometimes like trying to give you a compliment. It's kind of like a compliment yeah. to them, but it's so it's like this weird positive thing, but it's grounded in your otherness to them. Yeah. And uh, and so, <laughs> gosh, I'm just thinking about someone saying that to you. Is, I mean, it happens all the time. You should have I, seen my face with this white woman sitting across from me talking about my 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 daughter loves chocolate men. Yeah, Number one, like, honey, I'm not interested in your daughter. Like, so you... <laughs> Number two, what the fuck are you what talking about? Fuck? I am not a flavor. And also, thank like, you for your right. weird ass compliment. What do you want me to say? Right, right, right. And uh, and so I think this is the kind of thing that for 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 non mixed people. And this is a people of color thing or a non-people of color thing, which is, I think, another thing we got to work on, but that's a whole other show, is catch yourself in these moments or when you are caught in the moment and someone says, yo, mm -mm, let me explain to you while I I understand you think you were giving a a compliment. Let me tell you what you made me feel. Yeah. Versus educating them on, and I think that was part of that conversation too, where it's like, is it my responsibility to educate your ignorance? No. And sometimes it's actually really taxing for me to do that. And it, and it's a labor I'm not willing to put out all the time. Sometimes I am, but right. not all the But let me at least tell you how you made me feel, and you need to go and do the work after that. Yeah. So, lady, you made me feel like a piece of meat 
or piece of candy. Um, in this moment, you made me feel like I was other to you, like somehow you were better than me, and you made it about my race. Yeah. Why don't you go home, do some Googles, yes, find out Plenty what's wrong of with books that, and, things and for you work to see. on your bias there. Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. And I think those are the things that would be the most helpful. Mixed people need to find other mixed people, which is what militantly mixed is trying to do. Find a community, build a community so that when you're just having a mixed day, you know, you're just a mixed person in a non-mixed world and you just need someone to go, oh, yeah, I know. That sucks. I'm sorry. And then, you know, you don't even need to fix it. You just need to have someone to commiserate. Yeah. So tribing up on the mixed side definitely could be helpful in healing. This whole year that I've been doing this show, I am just like way more fundamental about my mixedness than I ever was before because I feel like oh it's my duty now for all the people who aren't using their voice yeah and I mean this is and this is yeah I mean I guess depending on where you live but we're you know we're in LA Mm -hmm. there's a lot of mixed people you know but like like you said there's no real forum yeah where do we go coming together and I even you know really honestly I, I, I think I've maybe talked about this one time on the podcast before but when I was starting this podcast, right, and it was very clear to me from God, like it was the clearest message from the universe that this podcast was going to be called Motivation for Black People. Mm-hmm. And when I was first getting that message, I it took me like a month to say yes to it because I was like, how like I I was had that internalized voice like I'm not black enough to oh, have so a you motivation were for black. Syndrome. Yeah, I was like, how can I have a black podcast? I'm not even all the way black. And like, but like, but I am black and I have the black experience, but I'm not, I was was having this whole thing and I was having conversations with people about it. And then that's what I came to. I was like, holy shit. I, I, number one, I am black. Number two, I'm internalizing this same bullshit Mm -hmm. that has been fed to me Mm -hmm. about when I was younger, about me not being black enough Mm -hmm. to be a part of whatever to contribute. And I can't imagine had I listened to that voice and not done this podcast and look at the you know? people you've talked to like you have a roster that i was it, not anticipating I, when you and i spoke a couple months ago and i finally looked at your show i was like holy shit look at these people it's been a, the biggest blessing you it's know it's amazing it's the been, people you've gotten a chance it's to been the to. biggest blessing you know to, to have talked to the people and and more importantly to have spread the message that's mm. being spread out here and i'm trying to imagine what would have happened or how different my life or even the lives of our listeners would be had I listened to that right. oppressive voice that right. says you're not blank enough, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and this is a problem that's like super unique to people of mixed race. And and also even right now, like, you know, I'm writing my book and it's, you know, coming out in February and, and the book definitely has this huge part of the movement that's for black people and right. for people of, and, and for people of color. Mm-hmm. And this piece of like, yeah, I'm black and I'm very pro-black in this mm-hmm. book and all of this. And I'm also half something totally different. Right. And I'm also pro that too. Yeah. And so how does the how do these, these two things live together? Like when I'm talking about white people doing this, meanwhile, like my cousins are white. Right. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like how does this all fit together is a very uniquely mixed race yeah. issue. And the yeah. thing is we got to deal with it. We We just do. Like there's times my imposter syndrome gets up there like – Especially, I, I mentioned to you earlier, um, for some reason, my show has really gravitated. Uh, white passing mixed folks have, have found me, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, a place. And I had a bias against them yeah. before and that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. And it was a disregarding of their experiences mixed because 
they could pass. Right. So go out in the world and pass. Yeah. But it didn't occur to me that they hurt as much as I hurt of right. not being enough of, of not, not being, being seen. And so now that I've gotten a t- chance to speak to so many, and really, honestly, it took one conversation. And the one conversation I was like, fuck, I didn't know I was doing this. I became aware of a bias. I started to work on it. Uh. Now I'm, and what's great too about my show is that I'm watching my growth. Right. Like I'm, and I'm not going to take away my ignorant episodes just because I didn't know some shit or Yeah, whatever. you're learning. I'm learning. It's out there and now you get to see it too. And we all are. And people will see themselves in your journey. Well, yes. For people who want to, and we'll have a link obviously in the, in the show notes for this, but for people who want to listen to your podcast, which I highly suggest you guys listen to Militantly Mixed, where do they go to find it? Uh, I'm on all of the podcatchers, the the iTunes, the the Spotify's and, and things like that. Um, it's Militantly Mixed. It's called Militantly Mixed because... Uh, racial militancy is about doing service to your community and since my community doesn't exist in a physical space that we can all go my version of service to my community is creating a platform where they can come and share their their stories from their perspectives um, on being mixed and um, and so yeah militantly mixed iTunes Stitcher Spotify Google Play all of the things Um, and Blurred Comics is another version of that where we're we're black comic book nerds or we're mixed black comic book nerds both of us Um, but we come at reading comic books from a black perspective which is sometimes we're not on the cover (laughs) sometimes we're not in the pages things like that um, so we like to talk from our perspective because we can't not. Of course. And, uh, and this is so important. You're creating a space for conversation. I think in, in both of these different podcasts, you're creating space for conversation mm-hmm. where there hasn't been space before. Right. And obviously there's an entire community that is so grateful. I know I'm grateful to there. have they you on here. Find, like, we just got to find them. This is amazing. Charmaine, so is there anything final, you know, in our final words here that you want to share with our audience just as kind of a, not a last, you know, sounds very like, you know, <laughs> very morbid. Final words. Yeah, but just anything else that you'd like to share before we close out? What I like to do now is I like to end my show with asking people what do they love the most about being mixed? And mm. I don't answer that question often myself because it's the moment for everybody else yeah. who's on my show. And basically what I love the most about being mixed. Oh, this is beautiful. Yes. What do you love <laughs> about being mixed? I'm so happy you have this moment. It's just that I am a representative of many things. I'm not a part of a binary, which awesome <laughs> because binary can be very um, shitty. Shitty. Yeah. yeah. For lack <laughs> of better like, words. What, what's the word? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a part of a bi- binary because I'm, I'm mixed with so many different things. I have access to so many different cultures. And as a result, I get to communicate. It's easier. I feel for me to communicate with people that are quote unquote different from me because I know what it's like to be different. Mm. And being mixed gave me that in a way that I don't know I would have figured out if I was monoracial. Yeah. Um, I call myself like a code switch ninja because I can go from black to Japanese to whatever I need to be or whatever. But really, I just love that I can plug and play into any community, even if I'm not a part of that community, because I at least have an empathy, what I feel to be a very heightened empathy for people that are quote unquote different beautiful and um beautiful so you just gotta go out there and be gratitude to the self. mixedness thank yep. you mixedness arigato. <laughs> arigato. <laughs> arigato, mixedness. oh my gosh well for those of you listening i hope you got a lot out of this conversation whether you mixed or not <laughs> and uh if you want to look up 
all the amazing work uh, Charmaine is doing. You can just follow the links that we have in the show notes in the description of this episode. And I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day, out of your life, out of your busy schedule to allow us into your ears. It is really an honor that we don't take for granted. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you go to motivationforblackpeople.com, put in your name and email address, and you get a free episode sent to your inbox every single week so you don't miss these amazing episodes that are coming in with some of the most inspiring black guests from around the world thank you so much i love you i honor you i thank you this has been justin michael williams and i will talk to you on the next episode bye 